I am Mark Zuckerberg. And under this sweatshirt are rock-solid, cut-and-greased abs. Yeah. Great. Now let's skip to the part where I brag about user growth. Yeah. This past year was huge, okay? We've continued to expand throughout the world to the point that, honestly, we just stopped counting, you guys. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. That was Andy Samberg you heard at the top at the Facebook Annual Developers Conference F8. And I am joined today by a very special guest, NPR's technology correspondent, Steve Hen. Welcome. Hey. Steve's in Silicon Valley. I'm in New York City. It's a very special bi-coastal report on the future of Facebook. Made in California. Sold in New York last Friday for about $104 billion. That is a ton of money. And there's a lot of anxiety about it. Facebook's share price has tumbled since then. And the thing about that $104 billion figure is it was always really a bet on Facebook's future. Right now, today, Facebook isn't there yet. The question is, will it ever be? Will Facebook grow into its promise? And what would it take? That's in a minute after the indicator from Jacob Goldstein. Hello, Jacob. Hey, guys. Today's Planet Money indicator... $1.2 billion. In the span of a couple days last week, people with accounts at Greek banks, they withdrew more than 1.2 billion euros from the banks. That's according to a report in the Financial Times. And this it does not mean, you know, people lining up outside banks, pushing and shoving, desperate to get their money out. This is not your classic bank run. But people are calling it a bank jog. And this is a big deal because for the euro to work, everyone has to believe that a euro in a bank in Greece is identical to a euro in a bank in Germany. But if Greece were to leave the euro, that would not be the case. Because if Greece leaves the euro, then Greece takes the euros that are in Greek banks and turns them into drachma. So say that I'm the Greek saver with my savings in euros in a Greek bank. Suddenly, the value of my savings went way down. So as a Greek saver, if I have my euros in a Greek bank right now and I am worried about this happening, this is what I would do. I would move them into a bank in Germany, and then I would feel that my money was safe. And if you look over the past two years, Zoe, a lot of people have basically been doing this, you know, for a long time now. Deposits in Greek banks, they've been falling steadily for a couple of years. Deposits of euros in German banks, they've been going up. I should say that this, this indicator, $1.2 billion, that actually represents a little less than 1% of all the money left in Greek banks. So okay. there are still a lot of euros there. But it does seem like the pace of withdrawals in Greece is picking up. And the question is, how long does this go on until the banks actually shut their doors? And the answer is, ask the European Central Bank, right? <laughs> the answer to everything in Europe is ask the ECB. Exactly. The ECB is like hiding under a pillow right now. But they have been basically keeping the Greek banks on life support already. And whatever the ECB does, though, there is this core thing about the nature of bank runs, which is there comes a point when people see everybody else pulling their money out of the bank and they say, oh, everybody else is pulling their money out. I better pull my money out. And so there is this sort of natural point of no return that is part of the nature of bank runs. And a big fear right now is we're approaching that point in Greece. Yeah, the point of no return. All right. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks. On to the Facebook show. 
as everyone on the planet knows, last week Facebook had an IPO. It was sold for $104 billion. Now in the post-IPO hangover, it's worth about $90 billion. And the question we're looking at on the show today is, is it possible for Facebook to live up to the hype? Or did the people who bought shares Friday just buy into one of the biggest single company bubbles in history? Okay, so how do you answer that question? Let's start with the simplest way to think about it. How much money does Facebook actually make? Well, it sounds like a lot. It's a billion dollars in profits last year. But if you compare that to $100 billion, which is what it was valued at, that's a big difference. And it turns out this comparison is a standard way that Wall Street measures what a company's worth. It's called the price-to-earnings ratio. How much is the company worth versus how much they make in a year? And you can think about the number like this. If the number is very low, say 7 to 1 or 8 to 1 or even 10 to 1, people might think that the company is undervalued. If the ratio is high, 50 to 1 or 75 to 1, people tend to say, okay, maybe that company is overvalued. Facebook? Its price-earning ratio is astronomical, off the charts, at roughly 100 uh, times earnings. Anat Sadaram is a valuation expert at Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth. He says compare that to Apple or Google, much lower, 13 to 1, 15 to 1. Another way of thinking about the price to earnings ratio is this, like take Apple, for instance. It would take 13 years for Apple to earn enough money to catch up to what it's valued at. For Facebook, it would take a bit longer than that. It would take 100 years. So people who buy Facebook stock are obviously saying Facebook is going to start earning a lot more money, a lot more. Sundaram says, judging from the price Facebook sold for, investors seem to believe that the company's profits would double and then double again and then maybe double again all within the next few years. And how would you do that? I mean, to justify hype like that, 10 years from now, Sundaram says, Facebook will need to attract one of every 10 ad dollars spent anywhere on the planet. That's not like just on the Internet. That is on the planet. Across all media, print, billboards, radio, television, Internet. And that to me seems extremely aggressive. Is it doable? Probably but extremely low probability is my guess. Facebook is telling a different story. It's got 900 million users. Facebook knows what we actually care about, down to the most minute detail. For example, here, one of my Facebook friends just posted right now a picture of her baby son with this caption, who sprouted two brand new teeth this morning, this guy. And here's another one of my Facebook friends, kale chips, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> <laughs> that right there, says Facebook, that's worth $100 billion. That's what Facebook's selling. And if you think about it, they know your friend just had a baby, which is marketing gold. The toddler toothpaste people, every other peddler of baby gear will want to talk to your friend with a kid. And the kale chips people would love to find your nom nom nom. What we like and dislike, who our friends are, who we're dating. So yeah, one of every $10 spent on the planet, the way Facebook sees it, easy. It's going to explode advertising as we know it. That means Facebook's future depends largely on one question. Do Facebook ads work? To test this, you found someone who was about to buy their very first Facebook ad. I called them. Thanks for calling Pizza Delicious. We are open. Please give us a call back so someone can take your order. 
Mike Friedman and Greg Algarten run a place called Pizza Delicious in New Orleans, and you can find it at an address that could only be found in that city. It's between the streets of piety and desire. It's as bare bones as you can get. It's a kitchen. They sell pizza out the window. And if you want a pie, you have to clear a couple hurdles. They're open two nights a week. You got to know the number. You got to call ahead. You have to find the place. And then you have to hope they haven't sold out. And Pizza Delicious for these guys grew from a hobby into a business. They made this great pizza. People loved it. And they have this cult following. But they're at a point now where they want to open a restaurant, like get legit, a real place with seats and waiters and everything. So for the first time, they're thinking about paid advertising. I think we're all so excited about just trying to promote the new restaurant and let people know that, like, hey, like maybe you didn't get a pizza today, but like we're hopefully in the next few months going to be open full time and, uh, and you can come all the time and we need you there all the time. For the new spot, the restaurant, they're going to need a solid stream of customers. They'd been thinking about advertising on Facebook, but didn't know how. So we set them up with a social media ad guy, this Facebook expert, Rob Leatherin. He helps big brands advertise on Facebook. And I got him into a studio in San Francisco. I got the Pizza Boys into a studio in New Orleans. And San Francisco, Rob, can you hear everybody too? Yep, I can hear everyone real well. What's up, Rob? What's up? So the Pizza Boys want to sell more pizza. And we, Zoe, we had an ulterior motive. We wanted to get inside a Facebook ad campaign. We wanted to see, would buying an ad on Facebook actually help sell more pizza? What the boys want to buy is one of those little ads that pops up on the side of your Facebook page. For example, on my Facebook page at this moment, there's an ad for a concert in New York, for Invisalign braces, jewelry, On my page, there's always an ad for disco pants. Yeah, and these ads are targeted specifically to us. I do not get the disco pants ad. But the braces ad underneath, it often says NPR employees love Invisalign braces. Is that even, like, true? I mean, like, how do they? (laughs) I don't know. The ad says it's very hard to tell who's wearing the braces. Oh, okay. Well, the point is Facebook allows you to get as specific as you want. It has all this data about its users, where they live, what their interests are, apparently dental care. And you, as an advertiser, can just sort through that stuff and choose what you want. If you've ever been online dating, it's sort of the same kind of thing. You can choose people's ages, what interests you're interested in, whether you want to find someone who has kids or doesn't. Which brings us back to the Pizza Boys. They want to get their ad in front of their most likely customers. So the first obvious idea, target people on Facebook who say they like pizza. Facebook expert Rob disagrees. For pizza, like, there's 41 million people who like pizza in the world, at least according to Facebook. Everyone likes pizza. The pizza liker in Montreal doesn't do these guys any good. One of the things Facebook says is so valuable is you can target friends of your own friends. Pizza Delicious has a Facebook page. They have about 2,000 friends. Rob says that Facebook recommends you go after those people, all the friends of your friends. Turns out for Pizza Delicious, that's a lot of people. 74% of people in New Orleans are already friends with someone who is a fan of your page. That's about 224,000 people. They decide to narrow it even further. Like a lot of our most interested customers and people who get like the most excited about our pizza are people who are like from like the northeast or something or from places that have good pizza who are now living in new orleans and are like in a pizza desert and and, like get really excited when they find us 
Yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a great idea. So what you can do is you can target sports teams, so people who live in New Orleans who are fans of like the New York Knicks and the Rangers and the New York Jets, Carmelo Anthony, the Giants. Hate sports, love New York, maybe. The New York Times, the Notorious B.I.G., New Jersey Nets, or Bagels. By the time we were done, the boys had created this very specific, narrowly targeted ad. The reach of it was about 15,000 people. It was just friends of people who already liked the Pizza Boys Facebook page, who lived within 10 miles of New Orleans and had some connection to New York. And I have to say, when we were done, it seemed to me like the perfect ad. Like, we were golden. This could not miss. People in New Orleans who were jonesing for New York pizza. But 12 hours later, we started getting these calls from Michael on his cell phone. And honestly, they were kind of sad. He was sitting in front of his computer, checking how his ad was doing. Facebook gives you this amazing command center where you can see exactly what kind of person clicked on your ad and when. And when Michael looked, he saw nothing, nothing at all. Not one person had clicked on the ad. It's like uh, all zeros across the board. But here's the advantage of Facebook. This failure costs the pizza boys nothing. The way it works is you only pay for the ad if someone clicks on it. So zero clicks costs you zero dollars. The problem is, if no one clicks on it, Facebook turns the ad off. So the boys went back to the drawing board. Maybe they'd been too narrow. I mean, if we just put in pizza for New Orleans. They created three more ads. One for all the friends of Pizza Delicious. One for all of New Orleans. And then you helped them create one more targeted one. You could add, like, these other things that came up, like Italian and mozzarella and gnocchi and espresso. Yeah, and people like ice cream generally like pizza that helps out we're up to like thirty thousand. and these ads killed lots of people clicked on them twice as many as normal and this is great because the more people click on it the more facebook displays the ad these ads showed up more than seven hundred thousand times basically everyone in new orleans on facebook saw one of these ads twice and initially when the boys planned this they thought they'd spend two hundred dollars but they got so into the process, they added to their budget. They increased it by 20%. Yes, $240. Is that feeling of exhilaration worth $240? I don't know. Um, but hopefully it adds some more business. One thing it definitely did add to is the number of fans on their Facebook page. After this ad campaign, Pizza Delicious got a bunch more fans, about 200 to be exact, so roughly a buck a fan. So the big question was, would these new fans become Pizza Delicious customers? They got their answer the next night when they were open. Greg sold pizza out the window, and every single person who came by to get a pie, he asked, so where'd you find out about us? Was it through Facebook? After a long night of asking every single customer where they found out about Pizza Delicious, none of <laughs> that they found out about us through the Facebook ad. Zero people. But while Greg took the garbage out, he checked his phone, and there was a message. Just found out about you guys via a sponsored Facebook ad, if you can believe it. Super excited about your new place. Happy to toss in a few bones over the top. And this guy kicked in $10 to support the new restaurant. Yeah, and that was cool. I thought that was really cool of him. And we got some return on our ad that we could actually see. Right. Let's be clear. You made $10 off a $240 investment. We did. It's still way too early to tell if their Facebook campaign is going to pay off. And here's the problem with advertising in general. It's really hard to know whether it makes a difference. 
ever. And that's true whether you're running an ad during the Super Bowl or doing a social media campaign on Facebook. Some companies like Ben & Jerry's say they've gotten a big return for their Facebook campaign. And then other companies like GM say they're not advertising on Facebook anymore at all because they don't see it translating into sales for them. Even so, for many companies, they really want a lot of Facebook fans. And they say it has immediate monetary value right now. For example, one company I met here in New York at one of the craziest parties I've ever been to. It's like a combination of like Clockwork Orange meets like the 1940s meets like flappers and jazz era of like New Orleans. It's like really crazy. This party was thrown by BBC America and it is crazy inside. There's a velvet rope open bar. There's a trapeze artist hanging from the ceiling, burlesque. There were snakes. That was Joanna Gatto. She was there. She was a sales coordinator at CBS. And the guests at a party like this are basically television networks and the companies who advertise on television networks. This is as old media a scene as you can get between the martinis and the giant BBC posters. But even here, the Facebook like, it's powerful. Yeah, Facebook is pretty cool and it's helping us. I sat down with Mark Gall, one of the guys who threw that party. He's a sales exec at BBC America. And when I asked him about his biggest show, Top Gear, he didn't talk about its audience or its ratings or how many people watched. He talked about Facebook. Around the world, he says 15 million people like it on Facebook. Is that, is that really big? Yeah, it's huge. For, you know, it, in, in the United States, it's probably the number one TV show with a, with a social audience. For Gall, these likes, they translate into actual dollars. When he goes to advertisers and says, hey, we have 15 million likes, the advertisers pay more to advertise on his show. This is one of the interesting things about Facebook. Do the likes translate into more viewers for Top Gear? More pizza buyers for Pizza Delicious? More chunky monkey consumers for Ben & Jerry's? The thing is, we don't really know. People believe likes are valuable, and so they want more of them. And they're willing to do anything to get them. So you sell Facebook likes to your clients? Yes. Welcome to the warehouse district of Little Ferry, New Jersey. And right above the loading dock, I found this guy, Alex Mellon. He runs Mellon LLC. It's an internet marketing company. And he provides Facebook likes to people and companies for about $75 per 1,000 likes. And when you go in, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's about 10 guys. There's computers, beer cans, Red Bull, iced coffees. The oldest one there is Mellon. He's 28. He started the social part of the business six months ago. Companies he worked with were coming to him more and more with this simple problem. They'd create this Facebook page, and then they wouldn't get any friends. You would go there and it'd be like two likes and one of them would be the owner and people right away lost interest in the brand. There are lots of companies in this situation and they're turning more and more often to Mellon for help. Hey, we just got an order. A <laughs> uh, thousand targeted Facebook likes. This is Matt Preppis, one of Mellon's employees. He's checking his email. They sell LED light bulbs. They currently have 77 fans and they would like some more. The way this works generally is it's real people from around the world. They go to that LED company's Facebook page and click like. And for that, they get a small fee. And if they get paid 10 cents per like and they like, you know, even 500 people per month total, they're making $50 a month. That probably took them in total maybe 20 minutes to, to do. Mellon and his company don't actually find these likers themselves. 
There are suppliers of Likers who round them up on work-from-home sites like Freelancer.com. Melon's team, they just get the order and they go to the supplier. And once we find the supplier that says, okay, I have the 2,000 likes or 5,000 likes or whatever the client ordered, we just place the order with that network and then they fulfill it. Or these likers might not be people at all. There are these fake people on Facebook, fake social profiles called social bots, and they're controlled by a computer. And those fake accounts create fake data. Facebook knows this is going on and they're trying to stamp it out, but lots of bad data is still in there. And the existence of a black market like this, this underground Facebook economy, is just a further complication in the whole Facebook story. On the one hand, it demonstrates that Facebook likes, Facebook itself does have value. There are companies popping up trying to counterfeit the Facebook system, and you don't counterfeit something that doesn't have value. On the other hand, companies like this are a real threat to Facebook. Think about it. What is Facebook selling? Its biggest asset is everything it knows about us. Real people, our babies with their new teeth, and those kale chips we like to eat, our Jones for New York sports teams. If that data is wrong or faked, that means their data isn't worth so much after all. And then what do they have to sell? This is the big bet right now, that Facebook can keep its data pure and therefore valuable, and then figure out a way to extract even more money from it as an advertising behemoth or some other way. Right now, Facebook is really a Rorschach test. Do you see its problems or do you see its potential? For believers, this began as a $104 billion bet. But after just three days of trading, it's down to more like an $85 billion one. As always, let us know what you thought of the show today. If you have comments or questions, send us an email, planetmoney@npr.org. And for our listeners in New York, we're doing a live show on June 13th. It's at the 92nd Street Y. You can find out more information about that on Facebook. Please feel free to go there and say hi. Twitter, Tumblr, I'm Zoe Chase. And I'm Steve Henn. Thanks for listening. But I- 